0: Vacation, first one since two years ago, because of the COVID, you know, no time for anything. So I don't know if you know how that works, but as soon as you say, oh, I'm gonna take a break, everything <laughs> breaks, right? So yesterday I had a flood in the basement, a leak in the roof, and this morning, I've got one furnace down, and one it took me an hour to get going. So I said, I must be going on vacation. <laughs> So wish us luck. (laughs) We're going in spite of it, by the way. We are going in spite of it. Just the way it is. We're all going to get through this. This is 2021, right? Just time for a reset. Just for a reset. All right, so my title this morning is uh, The Lamp is Lit, But Is It Shining? I had thought of an alternative um, title Light your lamp and burn your basket. <laughs> it's, not, it's not original to me. <laughs> so did you know that uh, Jesus holds a high opinion of you? That he views you through the eyes of love and therefore he sees you at your highest potential. And I would venture to say that he sees more value in us than we often see in ourselves. I believe that is so because he views our potential through the lens of his purposes for our lives in union and fellowship with him. I think there's a verse somewhere, we are seated together with him in heavenly places. Doesn't always feel that way, does it? But it always feels that way for him. That's how he views you. We have no idea at all of what our lives would look like, what things we could achieve, what a difference we could make in the lives of others if we reset our hearts, soul, minds, and strength to full surrender mode to the will of Father God. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. So often we miss the things given us by God because we're paying so much more attention to what's going on in the world. We get swept up by the spirit of the age. One of the things I love about studying the word of God is the revelation of interactive themes within any given subject matter being studied and how those many parts are essential in discovering and applying the full counsel of God within his word. As we put these parts together by applying them to the activities of our lives, we grow. We grow in grace and understanding, we grow in character and wisdom, and we grow in love toward God and our neighbor. For instance, we started 2021 looking at the transition of 2020 and the birthing pains of bringing forth the new life to be found within God's purposes for the church during these dark times. Again, for the church. In other words, with all the stuff happening, with all of the voices screaming, with all of the agendas in motion all around us, God is concerned about his church. He's concerned about you. His voice, his affections, his wisdom, counsel and might are tuned Toward us, we are His people. He is our God. Remember what Jesus said about when you pray, say, "Our Father." Our Father. That's that's very intimate. That's very personal. And it is essential for us if we are going to not merely survive these dark days, but rather shine like beacons in the darkness to offer safe harbor for the life. I believe there is someone perhaps several here today who feel that way I think there's people looking for a reset a way to reconnect in 2021 with the spirit of God a reset for your life Let's pause here a moment. If that's you today, Jesus is calling. He is offering you a fresh start and an opportunity to return to the comfort of his presence. I heard earlier the Holy Spirit say, you're a daughter of destiny. You're a daughter of destiny sidetracked by the issues and disappointments of life. Wander no more, little angel. Wander no more. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Rest for your soul and restore your sense of purpose. If that connects with you this morning, I'm going to ask you to do so. I'm going to ask you to stand up. And if that connects with you online, I'm going to ask you to just type in the, in the little comment section for me, just type for me, because I'm going to pray for you right now. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you that you love us so much, oh God, that you are so concerned with each and every one of us, even in the darkest of days, oh God, when it seems everyone around us who should have a sense of commitment to responsibility for the well-being of others, oh God, that has just seemed to vanish. But you, oh God, you, Lord Jesus, remain faithful. You remain true. You remain vigilant to pursue us, to redeem us, to restore us, and to recover us. So I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come to each one who's standing. God, even those who are still sitting but standing on the inside, Lord, you know, would you come? Let them feel the comfort, the love, and the grace of your presence. Would you come and light our lamps this morning so we can burn our baskets? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. We've also looked at birthing and nurturing the new life brought forth. We spoke about leaving the past in the past. Listen, don't carry any of 2020 into 2021, all right? Just leave it. Leave it. And pressing into the high calling of God for our lives. Trimming our wicks, do you remember that? So we can burn brighter. We talked about the wisdom of keeping oil in our lamps, and the foolishness of not doing so, which has some pretty dire consequences. Jesus saying, I don't know you, and not being able to enter into intimacy with his presence. So the lamps, the wicks, and the oil are important components in our Christian walk, but what do they represent? And how do we keep them functional? Of course, the function of the lamp is to magnify the light of the flame it contains. So let's start there. John eight twelve, This is Jesus speaking. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light, but if you follow me, and that is in the extreme sense of the word follow. If you follow me, do as I do, say what I say, act as I act, obey what I command, and love me and one another as I love, then you also will have the light. In the process of being born again, the ability to contain the light of Christ is formed into our very being. The original intention of God for us to be image bearers, reflector of all that he is, is restored and we become lamps. This is more than having a lamp. No, you are a lamp for the light of Christ inflamed by the Holy Spirit. Matthew 5.14, Jesus speaking again. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Burn the basket. Whatever is hiding the light of Christ's life in you, burn it. Get rid of it. Take it out of the way. Put it on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We must give prominence to the display of the light he has deposited in us. For it is, as the Apostle Paul wrote in the Colossian church, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I like what one pastor wrote regarding this verse, burn the basket. That's where I get this, right? Put to flame anything in your life that diminishes the witness and light of Christ in your life. 2 Corinthians 4, 5. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God, and not to us. See, you are a lamp. I'm sure that most of you are familiar with John the Baptist. If for no other reason than the fact that he baptized Jesus in the Jordan River, or perhaps his famous statement referring to Jesus' ministry as it began to grow greater than his own, he must increase, but I must decrease. Great little tidbit of Christianese these days, but that does not mean his impact on history and the purposes of God was any less significant. Listen to Jesus' own evaluation of the man in Matthew 11, 11. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no greater than John the Baptist. Up to that moment in time, There was no one who had ever existed in Jesus' evaluation greater than John the Baptist. That's a pretty big statement. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. That's you. And why this high acclaim? I mean, the guy ate bugs and honey, wore camel skins for clothing, right? Right? I don't know if you'd bring him home for dinner. This is why Jesus states it in John 5.35. He was a burning and shining lamp. John was a burning and shining lamp. What does that mean? What does that look like? First, it's identity. As a lamp, John knew who he was in relation to the purposes of God. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Identity, he knew who he was within the framework of God's purposes. He also understood his calling and how to live it out causing him to shine with a brilliance that drew people into God's redemptive agenda for that time. Listen to this uh, statement in, in Mark 1, 4. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness, and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins. Now, here it is. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the River Jordan, confessing their sins. Here's this guy, you know, locust leg hanging out of the side of his mouth, stuck to a glob of honey in camel skins, out in nowhere, out in the middle of the wilderness by a river, and he's just standing there in the wilderness proclaiming a message of repentance. Come and be baptized for your sins. I'm just preparing people for what's coming. And it says all of Judea, all of Jerusalem went out to him. He didn't have Facebook presence. He didn't have TV ads, right? He didn't have a weekly program. He was just out there being faithful to what God had called him to do. He was a bright and shining lamp, and everyone saw the light and was drawn to it. But here is a truth, the truth that we cannot ignore, and in fact, we should pursue. You cannot shine until you are burning. No flame, no brilliance. No flame, no warmth. No flame, no light in which to overcome the darkness. If you are going to glow, you must flame on. So when was John lit up? I love this. I, I think this is one of the most powerful little scriptures in uh, in the Gospels. This is uh, soon after Mary got the announcement that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. You know, worked all of that out with uh, her husband. And uh, I guess she needed to get out of town, just probably because of the scuttlebutt, right? <laughs> So she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who's also pregnant, six months pregnant. It says, and in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit so that John could be lit with the fire of God's passion, purpose, and power. One close encounter with Jesus, and John was lit up for the rest of his days by a baptism of fire still in the womb. And so he had this testimony concerning Christ before anyone else had experienced it. In Luke 3.16, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you just like he baptized me with the Holy Spirit and fire. You see, you can't give a testimony you haven't experienced. It's not yours to give. John did not know Jesus in the natural. When Jesus showed up, John didn't say, Oh, look, it's my cousin Jesus. John knew Jesus by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit in John bore witness to the Holy Spirit anointing of Jesus. John 1.29 says this. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him. Listen, I, I know the little you know, stories that kind of develop the, the off-the-cuff storyline of, of Alisio. John was Jesus' cousin, and, you know, they knew each other, probably grew up together. None of that's true. John says it right here. I didn't know the guy. I didn't know who he was. But for this purpose, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit, and I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. So who sent John? The same one who gave his only begotten Son. John knew Jesus by the spirit, not by the flesh. And we should and can also know and testify Jesus in the same way. Because the light of his glory and love ignites our spirits and we are changed to reflect to the world what Jesus can be to them also. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all All of us, not just the pastor, not just the evangelist, you know, all of us, we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I was looking at some pictures on my phone from one of my Israel trips. Actually, it was Fran was on there. And I think it was the first group picture I took. And Fran really stood out. (laughs) And I look at Fran today, and he's not the same guy that came to Israel with me two years ago. In a whole bunch of ways. He's been transformed by the renewing of his spirit right? Jen. as amending, you are not the same woman you were two years ago. You have been transformed. Your life has been changed. More and more, you're like Jesus every day, every year, every week. It's just going on. So many of you are not who you were a year ago, a month ago, whatever. whatever part of the process you're in. We are all being transformed from glory to glory. Sometimes it's just a little glory. Sometimes it's a big glory, you know. I remember a little glory was I stopped swearing. The day I got saved, I didn't even know I stopped. It just happened to me, right? And I didn't realize it till the next day I was in the lunchroom with a bunch of guys and they're all F-bombing and I'm going, "Oh, oh, that sounds nasty. I realized I hadn't used the F word 18 hours. Oh, my God, something real happened, you know. (laughs) A little glory happened to me, and it changed me. There's some bigger ones after that. I won't get into all that right now. (laughs) But it does go on. And so we are in the process of becoming what John became, a burning and shining lamp. Listen, if 2020 was about anything, it's about that. That the church would open her eyes and see we're not lit. There's no flame inside that lamp. We're so concerned with trying to be church that we cease to be the light of Christ. And in his mercy, he took us through a transition so that we could become who we're supposed to be and do the work he's called us to do. Revelation 21-22. I just want to give you a sense of where all this is going to end up in the end and the new beginning in Revelation 21 22. This is the new Jerusalem come down from heaven. And John says, I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. Now listen to this. And its lamp, and its lamp, is the lamb. You're being transformed from glory to glory so that someday you'll be part of the eternal glow of Jesus Christ in the new creation. Jeremy Riddle writes in his book, The Reset, Oh, how I wish we were less impressed with what we were able to accomplish in and of our own strength. We continue to be impressed with our church growth and numbers when in fact the church in the United States is in a massive decline. We're impressed with our relevant services and hip pastors. I should have worn my skinny jeans today. <laughs> While the culture around us continues to decay into an abyss of moral chaos and injustice, how long will we stay enamored with what we can accomplish in and through our own power and remain blinded to our bankruptcy? How long until we wake up and realize our mightiest efforts are utterly feeble in comparison and wholly gives, give ourselves to his ways, his plans, and his power. The breakthrough we are longing to see in our nation, in our cities, in our communities, and in our churches is only a breath away. It takes only one encounter with his mighty presence to know the hardest hearts can melt The most crippling diseases can be healed, and the most impossible situations can shift at just the touch of his hand and a drop of his power. He is present. He is waiting. He is ready to act. The question is, are we ready to yield? So let's pray. Actually, if you'd stand with me. I don't know how lit you might feel or not. But I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come like fire. I'm going to ask him to light our hearts again. To reignite us to the purposes of God. To restore the warmth of his presence in our lives, that we might reflect to the world around us the mercy and the loving kindness of Jesus Christ. And we don't have to be caught up in all the dialogue, disunity, anger, and malice in the world today. We can be the change makers. We can be the light. Just burn your basket. And ask the Holy Spirit to flame on. So, Holy Spirit, I invite you to come. Would you come, Holy Spirit? Come like fire, God. Come like wind. Lord, Isaiah spoke of Jesus, saying that a smoldering wick he would not extinguish. And so we invite you, Holy Spirit, as the breath of God to blow upon these smoldering wicks and reignite our hearts to full flame with the glory of Jesus Christ, with the fire of his love, the passion of his purposes, oh God, and the compassion that would cause us to reach out into the darkness to redeem those who are lost, who are suffering, who are oppressed, oh God, who are broken and battered, That somehow, oh God, you would use this little group of people, lit up and on fire for you to make a difference in the lakes region, in our communities, in our workplaces, in our schools, oh God. Wherever we go, people would be drawn to the light of Christ in us. So would you light us up, oh God. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. In the mighty name of Jesus, baptize us with fire, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have-